Welcome to Pull the Shoot, our weekly podcast where we talk to business owners, C-level executives, and experts from around the world. Our goal, to help as many businesses as possible grow to the next level. It's our hope that by interviewing these business leaders and hearing how they built their culture and their company, that you might gain insight on ways to help you be a better leader and provide a better culture for your people. Our mission is to change the top-down mentality of leadership and help others to create and implement a transformational leadership style that is uplifting, supportive, and appreciative towards your people. We believe if you grow your people, you'll grow your company. Having the right systems in place can be crucial to the success of your business. From marketing to sales to client experience and expectations. When you started your business, it was easy. You were small and it was easy to keep track of everything. But now that you've begun to grow, it's become increasingly more difficult. It's time to put some of your foundation for growth in place. But where do you begin? Our guest today is Jesse Fry. He's the owner of the Business Blueprint, and he specializes in helping companies move to the next level by helping them implement systems across their business that would automate processes and provide them with a platform to scale. Jesse has a master's degree in business administration from Norwich University. He's also a certified executive coach, business coach, productivity coach, and organizational development coach. Jesse, very impressive uh, uh, pieces there. Welcome to the show. That's a mouthful there, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> it, it certainly is. So uh, we're excited. Jan and I are both excited that you, you're joining us today. Thank you. Um, we've, uh, Jan and I, kind of started doing the, the podcast together. We're having a lot of fun. So thanks for joining us on this. Jesse, before we kind of get into what uh, the, the Business Blueprint is all about, do me a favor and just tell our listeners a little bit about you and and, and yourself and, and how you got to this point. Yeah. So um, just I'm from Asheville, North Carolina. I'm not originally from uh, the South. I'm, uh, I grew up in the steel city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and uh, traveled and lived all over the country, all over the globe. I did a stint in the United States Coast Guard very, very early on in my professional life. But over the last seven years or so, I um, I decided that the, uh, the corporate world wasn't really my forte and that I was uh, an entrepreneur by heart. And uh, I've kind of bounced back and forth, but every time I seem to come back to the same place, which is always kind of doing my thing and helping businesses solve problems. So I started out um, doing marketing, consulting, and coaching, uh, but I realized that there were a lot of those people out there. Um, So I've really kind of honed in my expertise and my experience by helping, you know, small and medium-sized businesses really uh, refine their business systems and processes. Um, And more specifically, it's really around the client journey. So we take it pretty much from the time you generate the lead all the way to the time that they're no longer your client um, and really finding the gaps in their systems and processes. Very interesting. That's a big big one, isn't it, Jeff? I mean, that's a big one. I have to tell you, I think a lot of businesses struggle with the follow through or, you know, once you initiate a client or a lead, what to do with them and how to service them throughout the entire process. So we're anxious to hear what you got to say. I mean, I think that's a biggie. Yeah, I yeah I, it, I, it is. I it, it wasn't. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead, Jeff. No, no, you're, you're good. You're good. Follow go. Up? Okay. Yep, go ahead. Um, I, I think absolutely, Jenna. Um, what I found through the process is obviously having a background 
in product development, in marketing, and bringing products to market, that's like one part of really moving the client through your journey. But I found that uh, once somebody was actually inside of your funnel, and I'm talking, you know, your initial sales call all the way down to closing that sale, a lot of small and medium-sized businesses are so focused on really the, you know, the day-to-day trying to get the close but they forget about nurturing the client when they don't say yes, right? And and a good portion of clients or prospects don't say yes on that first call. Mm -hmm. Um, And they just ignore them. And then the other part is really the client onboarding experience. And then the communication process and moving them all the way through your experience. We often say we're going to deliver a product. And then once they're using it, we kind of step away. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is that doesn't delight your clients, your clients expect more, your customers expect more. And then ultimately at the end, our goal is to get referrals and to delight them long-term. So um, as I went and worked with hundreds of small and medium-sized businesses, I realized there was a major gap in how basically the client moved throughout the customer journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, it's, it's interesting because you hit on a part for me that's uh, I think from a sales standpoint that people just forget. And that is that, hey, you got to nurture them because they're never quite ready. You know, I, I used to have people who say, well, what's the sales cycle? And I go, it's, it's impossible to actually get that because you're not, if you're selling a service, especially, you never know. If you're selling a product, a little easier to figure out what the sales cycle is. But if you're selling a service, it's really hard because it's when they're ready to finally say, yes, I need your service. Um, yeah. And so it makes it way more difficult to figure that out. So kudos to you for for uh, creating stuff that that's going to help them kind of go through it. So um, you call the business, uh, you call the company the business blueprint. So talk to us why, how you came up with that name and and, and what your thought process was there. Yeah, you know, when I I originally had um, a different name for my business, which was avocado, and it wasn't avocado <laughs> as in like the fruit, right, that we're so used to eating in our guacamole or whatever. Uh, it was actually A-V-V-O-C-A-T-T-O, which was more the Italian word for advocate. Ah. Um, so, you know, it, it's oftentimes in, in uh, Italy is used for more like a lot, you know, lawyers, attorneys, Mm -hmm. Um, but it was really about advocacy. And I thought, ah, I want to advocate on behalf of these small businesses. But the reality was, is I, I knew that what I was really providing was a blueprint to solving problems. And so many small businesses struggle with figuring out how to solve problems. And my superpower is being able to see problems differently than the business owner and being able to step away at that, you know, 30,000 foot view, but then zoom into 15, zoom into five, and then really start breaking that problem down into small, granular, bite-sized chunks. Um, and I just thought that the business blueprint was a way, like when we build our businesses, we can't really truly build our business without a blueprint. We can't build a house without truly understanding where the faucet's going to be, where the kitchen's going to be, where the stairs are going to be. I mean, we always say we want to build our business from the, you know, the foundation up, but the reality, it goes deeper than that. It goes all the way into the blueprint of knowing exactly where those things are. And when we make changes, when we're building a build, you know, a building and we make changes, we have to know exactly where the plumbing runs are before we move the sink, you know, uh, 10 feet to the right or 10 feet to the left. And a lot of businesses don't realize that the same thing applies 
in your actual business. If you move a, you know, a process to the left or to the right, it could have a transformable impact, but it can also have a negative impact on your clients. So that's why I thought through the business blueprint was a way to really clearly see a picture for how the business can really run and grow and scale. I think another challenge uh, that I would love for you to address, Jesse, is in sales, oftentimes we think about just filling our funnel. You know, it's like if we're, especially if we're, we're gold or we're incentivized or we have to, you know, we have to sell to keep the job basically. So a lot of times once you get that client, the service part of it, (coughs) excuse me, what a lot of people don't understand is that client is just one client. They don't care about your other clients, you know, so much. They want their own experience with you. So talk a little bit about that too, about that client experience. Yeah, the you know it, it's interesting because if you go back 10 or even 15 years ago, we didn't really create a unique client experience. Everybody was kind of treated cookie cutter, you know, whether it was a, a tangible product, software product, or a service. I think going back to what you said earlier, Jeff, services is really, I think, a little harder to, you know, even demonstrate your unique differentiator in the marketplace, your ICP. Um, so I think you know, it starts really at the at when a lead is captured, whether it's a referral or whether it comes from a PPC ad or whether it comes from your website or social media or through your podcast, being able to, to really segment your clients down into smaller buckets and continuously uh, create that unique experience for them, even before they say yes and start doing business with you or buying your product you know, you have to start by segmenting them down. And then once they become your client, you really need to segment their experience and personalize their experience. Um, and that's going to make them feel like you care about them. That's going to make you make, and not, you know, not that you don't care about them, but it adds to that value and, and really demonstrates to the client that, wow, they see me, they understand my problems. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, when they're no longer your client, you know, whether it's, using your product once and buying it and never buying another product again, which hopefully you'll have additional products to to sell. But services, once that life cycle has ended, you want them to become an advocate for you. You want them to become a reference for you. So by personalizing that experience for them, it really creates uh, advocates for your business, which again goes back to avocado. It creates that advocacy in your business. Um, And I think that's really... A lot of small businesses, they get caught up in building the business. They get caught up in delivering the product and the service, but they it's not that they don't want to deliver an amazing personalized experience for their clients, um, but they think it's too hard. They don't have the time. Um, so that's where we come in and we actually really help them uh, uncover those challenges and then develop their services so that it becomes more personalized for them. So how is it um, from a scaling standpoint then? You know, I'm thinking about this, right? So small to medium-sized business owner, they start to personalize it, which, you know, I follow that all the way down. I'm, I'm believing that 100%. Um, but as we start to grow as a business and get to the next level, is, is your goal to put a process in place so that, you know, no matter who comes in, they follow that? Or is there something else that goes in place there that's going to help them scale as they grow Yeah, we look at it from two different perspectives. So many businesses start with the second one, which is technology. Everybody buys technology. We go out and we see this cool thing that we see on Instagram or we see something really cool on a, a, you know, on a podcast or something. 
and we buy that technology because we think it's going to solve our problem, we actually say you shouldn't buy technology until you truly understand the problem you're trying to solve and then evaluate whether the technology you have actually can solve the problem for you. Um, but we believe in one, mapping out the entire process. So we go through understanding what challenge or opportunity are you trying to solve for? Because it's not always problems that we have, it's also opportunities we wanna create. So what's the challenge issue or opportunity we wanna create? We then try to understand all the inputs and outputs, right? Who's involved in the process? How do you currently do it today? Because the reality is a lot of small and medium-sized businesses all the way up to you know enterprise companies, they already have a process. They already have a system, but they haven't fully adopted, are we doing it the right way? Do we have the right people doing it? In small businesses, you might have, for example, uh, a receptionist answering the phones. So people are calling in and they're answering the phones into your business, but then you also have them doing client service work. But then the problem is, is that the quality of the service work might actually go down because they're contact switching all the time, right? They're right. doing the work and then they're stopping because the phone rings, they answer the phone. So we look at those kind of things as well. We look at people, systems, process, and, and technology and really try to understand where are the gaps? How do we put that into place? Then we map that out and then we evaluate the technology stack to see if the technology stack can automate the systems and processes so that you have the outcome that you're actually trying to fulfill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, we love it. Um, mm-hmm. and, it and it's a process, I think, that's important. Um, and and you're, you're absolutely right. When you say that a lot of businesses, you know, they feel like it's too much and they can't get through it. Um, and, and it's something that's so, in my opinion, so needed because, you know, they, they're missing it. You know, Jan and I always talk about um, properly setting up your business from a foundational standpoint so that it can scale. And there's all these pieces. You know, we talk about um, uh, marketing systems, sales, finance, and people. Those are the kind of the five areas that that uh, I always like to focus on. Um, and those areas are, are so important that they, and they miss things, right? Uh, the systems, they miss certain things. Everyone wants to do a little bit of marketing, uh, but then they don't follow through on that. Everyone starts to capture leads, but they don't follow through with those. So when they hand them off to sales, they're not following up, right? Um, and so getting those three pieces in place early on is really going to help the company to build the foundation and grow. I think I think that's amazing. Well, and the other thing that Jeff and I talk about too, Jesse, is putting the right people in the right place. And that's the problem with businesses, oftentimes, especially small businesses being a little bit more challenged financially, sometimes they put one person in two positions or they put the wrong person, you know, somebody that's just starting out in a crucial position in your small business. And you've got to make sure you've got the right person in the right place. And I think that's a big one too. But it is interesting. I'm always fascinated with people that can go in and really fix businesses having worked with a lot of businesses as well. So I love it. That's good. So Jesse, what, what, when you guys go into this, what do you think um, are the client's biggest challenge? I mean, what is the biggest thing you always seem to come across? I would you assume know, I think one it, or two things. Anyway. I, I think it varies. You know, we like to focus mostly on organizations that are service-based organizations. Um, and and a, lot is, a lot of that is just due to uh, it's repeatable and scalable. So I think the first thing is a lot of businesses are, are trying to do too many things to too many people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, you know, it's important to, to see that from that perspective mm-hmm. before you can fix things. Uh, are there opportunities to narrow down their focus to become more niche in the marketplace? So we, we don't just start at systematizing their business. 
we really understand, are they actually really structured in a way that's conducive to long-term support? I'll give you an example. There, there's a client of mine that I, I've been working with, and their business has been stagnant and stale, and it's basically a, a three-person business. They've been stagnant in growth. They've been generating about $350,000 in revenue for the last 10 years. They haven't wow. made any incremental wow. growth. Yeah. It's because it, one, it was a service-based business, but two, they were doing too many things and offering too many services to too many different kinds of people. So the first thing we did is we actually narrowed down what did they truly want to be? Did they love doing everything that they were doing? Did, were they fulfilled, you know, fulfilled in, in the services that they were delivering to the marketplace? And we narrowed it down and actually cut some of their, uh, cut some of the fat off the business and focused on those cash cows, as they say, um, in the, you know, there's a, a matrix that is called the BCG growth matrix. And it actually lays out the different, you know, quadrants of, of which companies are growing, which ones are cash cows and which ones are actually you know, you're losing money every month. So we help right. them really identify that first, get rid of the ones that weren't profitable for their business and focus on the ones that were actually driving, you know, revenue for the business that we could actually build systems around. And then, but going back to your question, Jeff, I think the biggest problems that people truly have uh, are usually people are especially, you know, three to five, maybe 10 employees in that range. Yep. Um, there's, oftentimes everybody's doing too many things. Um, and especially the business owner, they're stuck working 60, 80, you know, hundred hours a week at, at the worst case side. And it's really trying to figure out and then prioritize what are the essential things that they absolutely need to be doing? What are the processes that we could actually, that they're doing every single day, right? There are some processes we do once a month, twice a month, like financial reporting, you know, analysis, those type of things. You don't necessarily need an immediate system for that. What you really need is how are you fulfilling from the time the client has a lead all the way to delivery onboarding of that client. Um, so we we really think that most of the problems are in that acquiring business is a big problem, but there's so many people doing like that kind of work. Um, so once somebody comes in, making sure that how are you actually bringing clients into the door? And you know, I'm talking like your first call with clients. How are you handling that? Are you spending time with the right people? So your qualification process is really important. Mm -hmm. And then your closing process, you know, getting them to become a client, your contracting process, if you have one, uh, all the way down to your billing and your invoicing, and then your client communication, client onboarding. Mm -hmm. There's various problems throughout that entire journey, usually poor client, you know, experiences. So looking at the client experience metrics, Looking at the intake process, you know, when somebody's actually coming in, how are we communicating? Who's communicating? All the way down to the fulfillment of even just, you know, billing and invoicing. That that has an impact on your finances. How often are you collecting money, right? So I think there's a lot of problems. There's actually too many to really kind of pinpoint one. Mm -hmm. But I think the client experience is often one that has an impact across finances uh, you know, across sales and marketing. So if we can really identify which processes and systems they're using most frequently and then uncover the problems across those systems and processes, um, we can usually uncover some of the biggest issues and then start addressing those issues uh, quickly rather than letting them linger. 
That's great. So client experience, I want to jump in there a little bit because, uh, Jan, you and I have talked about this um, in the past, which is, you know, what what their experience is, what their expectation was. I think actually our last podcast, we we kind of dove into that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I agree with you. I think that's really critical, Jesse, um, to, to look at. So what is one of the things you, you talked about a matrix? Talk to me a little more about that. What is that? And how do you measure their experience based on that matrix? It's, you know, the BCG growth matrix is really around the product development. So that's not necessarily a client experience metric per se, Mm -hmm. but we actually, we have 24 different points that we go across. Um, It actually starts very simple, which most business coaches, executive coaches that work with people, what are their goals, right? Mm -hmm. What are they trying to accomplish? So out of these 24 areas, we will cover everything from their goals Um, We will cover, you know, how are they actually generating leads to their business? Um, Because again, are they spending too much money? Are they burning cash, right? So we look at, are they going after the right opportunities with the right sides of the market, right, you know, the right marketing channels? A lot of people throw a little bit at a lot of things rather than being going after one very specific area. Um, We then focus on how leads are handled once they're actually inbound. So it's looking at your funnel and looking at the revenue operation side of that. Um, and so what we do is we really analyze and we have a series of questions that we go through over a six-week period. Um, our initial 360 assessment is six weeks. I mean, it's roughly around 90 minutes every week. So one meeting, 90 minutes. And we go through that and we ask and we have homework, right? They come back and they say, here's our finances for the last six months so that we have a bench, you know, a benchmark. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, have they analyzed what their client experience look like? Do they have a client journey? What are their marketing pieces? Um, how are they communicating to their clients? Do they have client portals for services? No matter if you're a healthcare, you know, you, you go to your doctor, your doctor invites you to a healthcare portal. And it has usually a communication portal, right? Think of that inside of your business as a lot of service-based businesses don't have client portals. You can also pay your doctor bill through there. Uh, If you have co-pays, you can make appointments through there. And it's really the ability to self-service. We analyze all those things to make sure that the service-based business actually has either what they have in place, what they don't have in place, what are the current problems and pain points that they're having, uh, a lot of service-based businesses, people are fielding phone calls and emails from their clients. And oftentimes their employees are stuck in that. Mm-hmm. So we really look at what is their com- client communication process? What is your client communication? Um, you know, when they sign a contract with you, what are they required to do, right? And how are you communicating that in your onboarding process? So we really look at it from the client journey and we have multiple stages in the client journey and multiple questions and, and blocks that we go through across the entire journey and then at the end like how are you getting google reviews it's that simple right because like just how are are you asking people for google reviews when are you asking for referrals so that you can generate more business solve your problems but ultimately delight your clients that's great i love it it is i love the delight your clients you know i'm a word person i love that you use that word jesse delight yes I would expect that coming from somebody that worked in Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah delight your audience, right? Well, and that's a, hey, let's face it. That's what you want to do. Right. You want to dazzle and delight, you know? I mean, that's why they keep coming back to you. They've got a lot of choices. They've got a lot right. of choices in their service providers these days. 
you know? I think one of the biggest challenges, you know, now that you were saying that, Jana, is a lot of small businesses, I feel, really struggle to uh, get their client in a, in a mental space to see what their aspirational goals are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we focus on trying to build the aspiration in their clients. What do they, what does your client or your customer want to aspire, right? Do, mm-hmm. you know, what, what do they want higher status by using your product or service? Do they want to generate more money? Uh, do they want to spend more time with their family or their children? And they want to coach their kids soccer team, Right. I think it's important to really understand those things when you're building out your client journey and where does your client aspire to be when they're done? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people that have owned businesses for years want to either exit their business or they want to retire. Um, people that are younger that have children want to spend time and coach their kids. They don't want to be in the office until 7 p.m. every single day and on the weekends. So I think one of the things that I would encourage your audience to think about with their business is what does your customer aspire? to be. Mm -hmm. And really think about your client journey from that perspective and build your products and services to serve your client's aspirations, Mm -hmm. not just serve your own personal kind of desires of what you want your company to be. Yes, that's very important. That's very good. That's again, all about, Jeff and I talk about this. It's all about customer service, which is big now, much bigger than it's ever been. Yeah, especially yep. when you light up everything's virtual, right? Like yeah. having a call, right? Everything's virtual. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey Jesse, we gotta kind of wrap this up. We could keep talking. I actually have a bunch of other questions. So we might have to have you back. because uh, okay. I got some other thoughts that are going in my head. But um, so I think we might we might consider doing that. But if people sure. want to get a hold of you, Jesse, how can they do that? Um, you know, the, the fastest way is Jesse J. Fry at the business blueprint.coach. Uh, you can also visit the, the the business blueprint.io is our website. Uh, people, they don't like the coach uh, when they're trying to put that in their browser. Uh, or they can visit me on LinkedIn and connect with me on LinkedIn. I, I'm an open connector. Uh, you can just, you know, t- find uh, Jesse Jonathan Fry or just Jesse Fry uh, with the business blueprint and connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to do that with anybody. Awesome. Great. Well, this was great, Jesse. Thank you again for your time. Uh, Jen and I always always enjoy, you know, learning more about different processes. Um, You know, we're always talking to businesses each and every every time. So, you know, it's, I always feel like you don't have all the answers. And so talking to other people that are in the similar type of business is always very uh, informative and, and allows us to grow as as, as we go and do our stuff. Um, yeah, so I, I, I think it's, it's incredible. So um, for those listeners out there, we always like to thank you for, for following us and listening to us. Uh, Jan and I are always uh, welcome to talking with you. You can always reach out uh, Jeff at pull the shoot.net or Jana at janalandry.com. Yeah. And uh, anytime reach out, if you have questions, we're always available and always looking forward to having conversations. We always enjoy that time. So until the next time that we get to talk, uh, we hope that you have a, a fun week and a safe week. Um, and in the meantime, stay safe and be healthy. Take care. Bye.